0.1%. And let's look at some of these items that we're seeing increases, but some decreases on. So first, beef, chicken, we're seeing that up 0.8%, chicken up 1.4%. Is there are a lot of questions here, Paul? A lot of questions. There are not a lot more answers to come. We've heard a lot about the Presidential Records Act now and have for quite some time. If this becomes a Presidential Records Act violation, not more, do you think it is enough to warrant all of this? No, it's not enough to warrant all this. And this is a daring and dangerous move by the Department of Justice to serve a warrant on a former president and to raid his personal residence. What about? The news that came out today relative to the economy. Actually, I just want to say a number. Zero. Today, we received news that our economy had 0% inflation in the month of July. 0%. Here's what that means. Well, the price of some things go up, went up last month. The price of other things went down by the same amount. The result zero inflation last month, but people are still hurting, but zero inflation last month. Well, I, that's why I always look at the year-over-year year number from, from a consumer point of view, because inflation is everywhere. I don't care if it's five, nine, six, one, six, five, 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 it doesn't matter. It's still high. And if you look at wages are up 5.2%. Everyone talked about rents. That's up, right? And unit labor costs were up 10.8%. And the core PCE is at 4.8%. So inflation is still high. The IRS awaits an $80 billion pay bump and the hiring of many, many agents. Taxpayers are wondering how that money is going to be used. Democrats are hoping the enforcement will increase audits on the wealthy. But new analysis shows those without the funds to fight the agency may really end up getting targeted. Congressional correspondent Aisha Hosni is on Capitol Hill with our report. Tonight, growing fears about a growing IRS. Yes, I do have a fear of being audited. I think that's ridiculous. The IRS needs to be smaller, not bigger. As the White House finally goes on the record about who the IRS will use $80 billion to go after. No new audits on anybody making under $400,000 no. a year. Very clear. No. Republicans aren't buying it, saying low- and middle-class earners and small businesses will pay the price for expensive audits, even using the unprecedented raid on former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago home as proof of government run amok. They are controlling your life. The IRS agents are a part of that. Going in and raiding President Trump's home sends a message that they can do this to you because they have now done it to him. Democrats believe 87,000 new employees, not all of which will be agents, will help the IRS go after the uber wealthy, a way to fix the disproportionate targeting of the lowest earners. Recent analysis by Syracuse University reveals the IRS audits the poor about five times more than everyone else. And in 2019, ProPublica published the top five places for audits were predominantly black rural counties in the Deep South. Auditing the working poor is much easier than auditing the affluent or the wealthy. We still support the one China policy. We go there to acknowledge the status quo is what our policy is. There was nothing disruptive about that. It was only about saying China is one of the freest societies in the world. Don't take it from me. That's from Freedom House. Let's it's talk a little bit. Democracy, yeah. Courageous people. And, and it's just, I don't know why. It is, uh, except there's some commercial interests who would like to diminish 
uh, the relationship. When I was a little girl, I was told at the beach, if I dug a hole deep enough, we would reach China. So we've always felt a connection there. Uh, not just Kentuckys, they're Americans. They're Americans. It's happened in America. American problem. We're all Americans. Everybody has an obligation to help. We have the capacity to do this. It's not like it's beyond our control. The weather may be beyond our control for now, but it's not beyond our control. And welcome back to the Unregulated Podcast. This is episode number 96 <laughs> here on Thursday, August 11th. And it's not beyond our control. Well, it is beyond our control, but it's not beyond our control. They're not just Kentuckians. <laughs> Americans in America. Oh, man, I love the guy. I just can't get enough. It's like that Depeche Mode song. I just can't get enough, Joe Biden. Seriously. Um. All right, let's do announcements. What do you have? Any announcements today, Mr. McKenna? I don't think I have any announcements at all, except I want to thank my good friends at American Airlines for making the last five hours very interesting <laughs> well you have many more hours to go in yeah, this uh, and the story's not over we are it's going to turn itself recording out. from an undisclosed location um okay so i have i don't have any other announcements um birthdays no birthdays no that, not, none of that good stuff other than to uh cheer my children on for their they for they for they have started school and my daughter is now a freshman in high school, which is just absolutely I got you beat. I got a shocking. I got a granddaughter who's starting school this year. Shocking. Think about that. I can remember my first day of school. <laughs> so young and full of promise. <laughs> Who knew it was going to turn out like that? I know, seriously. Okay. So a couple of quick this day in history. One is in 1934. 1934, August 11th, Mike. Uh Dizzy Dean wins his 27th game for the St. Louis Cardinals. Nope. Not even close, okay. not even the right state, city. Uh, no, this was when the first group of civilian prisoners Went arrived on the rock. Alcatraz, sure. That's right. Once a formal, formerly a military prison, it was turned into the maximum security yeah, they outcrop about a mile and a half off the San Francisco they, Bay. They counted. They counted on the. They counted on the waters of San Francisco Bay to kill anybody who tried to swim it. I got to tell you, before we leave Alcatraz, I um, I did a nighttime tour there, the National Park Service thing now, and I swear to God, the Rangers were sitting there talking about how difficult life on the Rock was, and all these sheep, right? There's like 50 <laughs> people in the tour, and they're like, "Well, you know, blah 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 blah." I'm like, I raise my hand, I'm like. I don't mean to be that guy, but these guys, these guys all committed felonies, right? right Most of them right. multiple, multiple felonies, right, right? Right. So it's not like they were picked to come here by lottery. Yeah. You know, they made some choices in their lives. Yeah. Well, you know, there were some famous um, early prisoners there yes. uh, in, in its, it's, uh, let's see, they transferred Al Capone. And Al Capone, I think he died out there. In George Machine Gun Kelly, along with some other notable mo mobsters. Yeah. So, the, you know, the funny thing is, of course, George Machine Gun Kelly's real name was some Sicilian name, right? These Sicilians all came to the States. They took Irish names. My favorite is, of course, Machine Gun Jake McGurn. I'm like, you know, the guy's real name was, you know, Benvenuto. Uh, you know, like <laughs> and I didn't know this until I was like 40. I'm Fellow like, Sicilian. I thought there were a bunch of Irishmen shooting up Chicago. I'm like, that seems unlikely. We're not just, we're just not that energized, right? But there it is. <laughs> okay. So two other quick facts. One, uh, the famous 
1979 film Escape from Alcatraz, starring Clint Eastwood. Yeah, was was modeled after three individuals: Frank Morris and two brothers, uh, who made uh, attempted to make the escape. And as you mentioned, um, it was a tourist became a tourist attraction in 1972. Uh, Attorney General Robert F. Kennedy ordered it to be closed, citing the high expense. Okay, so one, uh, two quick ones. One, one, 1973. This is uh, 1973. August 11, 1973. Yes, and you're not going to guess it, so I'll just go ahead. Alexander Butterfield accidentally. No Butterfield. No, no, no. George Lucas. George Lucas's American Graffiti. American Graffiti came out. Came out in theaters. Now, why do I care? Because uh, it was it was uh, shot it was based and shot in, in Stockton Modesto. Yeah, I was gonna guess Modesto. Damn it, I knew it was somewhere in the valley, just south of where I where yeah. I spent a good deal of my childhood in Lodi. Yeah, and the famous strip. Yeah, that it was was referred to is still it's still still a thing. Still a thing. Still a thing. McHenry McHenry Boulevard. It's not it's not really a thing anymore. Uh, it's kind of a shtick. Well, it, it it um. When I was in high school, people still cruised on McHenry I Boulevard. I saw American Graffiti maybe fifteen times the summer of my sixteenth year, I, and and I and I remember thinking, because we were we were all about cars then. Yeah, right? we were we were typical guys. We we're all about cars. I remember thinking. I want to get out there and like drive that at some point. I never have. Yeah, well, I never have. You probably never will now because there's no reason to go there. I'm not there anymore. So broken down. Is All right, one more sad, sad note. Yeah, uh, 2014. This was the day, uh, August 11, 2014, that Robin Williams committed suicide oh, uh, at the age of 63. Um, and it was interesting because you know I go through this History Channel thing for these. Yeah, there was no mention of whatsoever of mork and mindy in in their bio of him like what what's that all about it's, it seemed yeah. very strange to me because so, that's how we were entered the world was introduced to true. robin williams was true. that goofy one piece okay. outfit that's right and i'm going to say something really bad here um it, it, in my life if i had pam dauber on my bio <laughs> it would probably lead I mean, you know, right after uh, <laughs> kids and grandkids, and yeah, he worked in the White House, but but he actually did a television show with Pam Dauber for like six years, yeah. and that was, you know, yeah, yeah, okay, sorry. All right, um, all right. So I, think I you know what I'm saying. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. So for for those who don't who are too young to remember Morgan and Mindy, Google it. Ugh. Um, if you're too young to remember, you're probably not listening. To yeah, that exactly. <laughs> um. There's a lot going on. I want to play this ad. This this hit the airwaves. This is, I guess, Liz Cheney's closing argument for her August 16th primary. I'm amazed this guy's still alive. I thought he was dead. In our nation's 246-year history, there has never been an individual who was a greater threat to our republic than Donald Trump. He tried to steal the last election using lies and violence to keep himself in power after the voters had rejected him. He is a coward. A real man wouldn't lie to his supporters. He lost his election, and he lost big. I know it, he knows it, and deep down, I think most Republicans know it. Lynn and I are so proud of Liz for standing up for the truth, doing what's right, honoring her oath to the Constitution, when so many in our party are too scared to do so. I'm not going to play the whole thing. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. I was just about to ask you to stop it. Um, you know... 
here's you want to say something about it? I, I just you, go it? ahead. Yeah. The, show, the floor is yours, and I'll close yeah. with something. I have a lot of I have a lot of friends of mine who are who work for Cheney or friends with Cheney, et cetera, et cetera. And, and this is a this is a sore spot between all of us, and I really don't care. Um, here's an important difference. Let's say that Donald Trump is lying; that he he doesn't really believe what he says he believes, which is a perfectly legitimate argument, right? Here's an important difference. When Vice President Cheney lied, actual human beings died. Uh, uh, quite a few. In 5,000 American yes. soldiers. God only knows how many Iraqi soldiers and civilians. Um, you know, when, when there is a quantitative, a difference in character and quantity between whatever it is Mr. Trump's doing and what Mr. Cheney did. Um, you know, and it would be one thing if Mr. Cheney himself had served at any point, but he did not. He managed to avoid his war, same war as Mr. Trump. But uh, she is getting crushed in the polls um, uh, against uh, the Trump endorsed yeah, I mean, candidate. Um, she doesn't, Harry, Harry Hageman. Ha Hageman. And, and it's probably not going to end well for her at this point, It'll but she's well. already getting up. She'll probably get a gig on MSNBC. I think she's going to run for president. So, yeah, good for her. That should be interesting. So, and she's got that all important, she's got that all important neoconservative Republican lane. You know, she'll vote for her and Bill Crystal will vote for her. All <laughs> right. Steve and, Schmidt and Matt Continetti, right? And who's Bill that Crystal's other dude? The Bill, Lincoln Project Steve dude. Schmidt, right. The Lincoln Project. <laughs> Rick Wilson. Yeah, she's up yeah, to like, they'll all vote for She's it. up to like 30 voters. Yeah. 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 But the left will give Lincoln Project a bunch of ads to prop her up. Right? So, you know, it, it, I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to the fight between her and Larry Hogan about who's going to be the <laughs> Lee never Trumper um, this cycle. Uh, do we want to talk? Man, after that, I'm not sure I want to say anything else. I probably annoyed enough friends for like the next week. Shumanchinama? Shumanchinama? If you want. Or do you want to talk Trump raid? Which, where do we want to go first? Uh, Let's go. Let's go to legislation first. All right, all right. Let me do the setup clip for this. On this vote, the yeas are fifty. The nays are fifty. The Senate being equally divided, the vice president votes in the affirmative, and the bill, as amended, is passed. Sustained applause. Yeah. For the Inflation Reduction Act. Yeah. Um, do, do you want the ten seconds on it? Uh, we went over it last week. Let's yeah, go. we're not. I don't want to get into the specifics. Let, There's a couple of things I want to point go out. Go ahead, you first. You go ahead. No, no, no. The only thing I want to point out was that Senator, a a United States senator who I, I really would rather not name, um, apparently cried on the floor after the vote. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude, it's a spending bill. Is it Cory um, Booker? No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. It, 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 uh, it's a guy who White House. No. No, come on no, dish but, it dish it uh, you know when i worked in the big house i actually had some respect for this guy but i when i found out that he cried on the floor on the floor after a spending bill it's a reconciliation bill you didn't declare war yeah you didn't do anything really um come on dish it senator shots from hawaii oh of course because yeah, this is a historic climate bill. oh stop right <laughs> It's a historic climate bill, which we talked about last week. See, so. I should be laughing at Cheney and getting annoyed yeah, at this instead right. of vice versa. All right, let me play a little bit of a, a clip from Bernie. I want to take a moment to say a few words about the so-called Inflation Reduction Act. 
that we are debating uh, this evening. And I say so-called, by the way, because according to the CBO and other economic organizations who have studied this bill, it will, in fact, have a minimal impact on inflation. Bernie. Ringing endorsement I, from I, the I, I, socialist. I got to say something about Bernie. It's important. It's not what I'm going to say is not important, but 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 what's going on is important, right? This is the second piece of legislation that Bernie's gotten up on the floor and expressed some reservations about not the amount of money that's being spent, but the priorities upon which that money is being spent. And he makes a point that I yeah, like to make. We talked about that with the chips yes. bill, right? Yeah, chips. He, he got up on the floor and went through the chips bill. He did the same thing with this thing. He said, look. You know, there's a bunch of money going to corporations here. It's not going to people. It's not going to people. That's right. And 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 it, I keep thinking to myself that there is room in probably not with Mr. Trump, but there is room in whoever his successor is. There's room between him and Sanders to represent the actual working class in in this in this country to cut out the corporations and represent the people well we talked about this a long time ago we haven't shared with our listeners if bernie and trump actually had gone head to head in that in that 16 cycle it would have been much healthier for everybody because we would have had a legitimate conversation about this stuff yeah definitely i can't i have to think if i would were I a corporate strategist, <laughs> were I a corporate, you mean like the chamber, or like the chamber, or Mary Barrett, which we'll get to soon. Barrett, yeah, I would start thinking about you know in ten years somebody's going to pick this lock and they're going to stop giving us big wads of cash. Yeah, you know they're going to start talking about things that actually matter to people, like the child tax credit and family, you know, paid family medical leave and stuff that's not going to cost the federal government any more, but is actually going to have a dramatic influence on the lives of human beings instead of the um, lives of um, second quarter earnings. Yeah. So, so we talked at, at nauseum about the climate garbage in I'm this thing. I'm worried about myself. I'm starting to sound like a communist. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. What you are is you're sick of corporations. Just, you're just sick and tired I'm of corporations. Like, you know, I listen to Bernie. I'm like, hey, he's, right. he's right. The guy is right. This stuff is not going to, yeah. it's not going to, you know, it's just a giveaway to a bunch of people who don't but need giveaways. You know who else went to Davos and pissed all over everyone at Davos? Who went to the UN and slammed all of the elites and yeah, everything else? Yeah. The same deal, dude. Yeah, I, I, I same similar similar deal. I am. Um, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I know you want to get to Mary Barrow. Let's. I'll do it quick. At the end of his life, and I'm coming to the end of my professional life. Maybe at the end of his life, Danny Boone crossed the Missouri River. And built a house, and spent yeah. and spent the rest you of his life. I know I've told you. Spent the rest of his life hanging out with the Indians because he couldn't tolerate the white settlers. He, he had more in common with the Indians than the white settlers. I'm rapidly concluding I have more in common with Bernie Sanders than some of my confers. That's a that's a terrible thing to realize in your old age. There it is. Yeah. So um, in the in the in the intro clips, I brought up the. Um, the line that this isn't the audits in this bill, the $80 billion for the IRS, which makes them one of the largest budgets in the government. Uh, third, of, of, of it. Third, they would make them the third largest employee count and third That's largest, right. fourth largest federal agency. The only the three, the only three federal agencies larger than them would be defense, 
Veterans Affairs, and I can't remember the third one, but probably HHS. No, maybe. HHS contracts all their stuff. Oh, out. Yeah, I don't right. think about it. Anyway, sorry. I'm interested. The, the, the point is, is that 1000% they are lying about this. It uh, it was absolutely clear in the do, in the notes from Treasury Secretary yeah. uh, that when they this is again points back to Biden's earlier clip about zero percent inflation they lie all the time now and the media just plays along Yellen said that it will not have any impact on the existing pattern in other words we're not going to wait it. Yeah. towards people earning less than 400,000 a year and let's let's just cement this is a lie. There was a vote yeah, my crapo, right? in the United States Senate that expressly prohibited the IRS yeah. from using the resources to audit anybody under 400,000 uh, and guess how many Democrats voted against the amendment? All 50. All 50. All 50, yeah. 51, they, in fact. Yeah. It, it, um, okay. I'm only going to pick it one word, and that's a lie. It's not really a lie. It's a Clinton truth. <sighs> you know, what does is mean? What, well, that depends know? on what the definition of is. Yeah. I mean, it, it, we are, we are, we are now at the terminal point with these guys, right? You just, it, it's, it's the, it's the George Costanza metric. You know, yeah. It's, it's not a lie if you believe it. So Shoe Manchinema is going to be voted on in the House tomorrow, and the Democrats uh, feel like they're on a roll. Yeah. This is the most consequential uh, presidency since LBJ. I wonder what Obama thinks when they say stuff like that. They've got what? They got the CHIPS bill, which was given a whole bunch of money to corporations. $75 billion to the brothers they've the, got this bill which is taking a bunch of money from corporations and handing it up and transferring it to other corporations not really taking it from corporations they're just the middlemen it's taking it from taxpayers oh yeah good point uh but but i'm talking about the prescription stuff ah yeah yes, the that is in fact taking yes. money from corporations yes. um who actually save lives yeah um unlike you unlike the usual corporate they had the infrastructure money. bill which was what spending a lot of about money 500 billion plus what it would have been yeah yeah yeah, you know, giving it to corporations mostly. Which, you know, as Senator Portman leaves the Senate, we should probably thank him for that extra five hundred billion yeah. the Democrats got on infrastructure. He he was the he was the he was the I'm going to say negotiator because I don't know what else what other word to use. So anyway, so the point being is is now uh, the MSNBC crowd is saying, you know, this is this is gonna this is momentum. It's three momentum for the Democrats. It's, this could be a blue wave, uh, brother. It's three point seven billion. You want to talk about this generic ballot? I act? do. I do. I want to get to it. Can I? Can uh, I just give you the real quick number on the on the Biden thing? Because I was asked it last week and I didn't know it. Three point seven billion uh, trillion is, 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 is now what he is. This the, the total tab. Yeah, it's pretty good money. Mm-hmm. My guess is the Republicans are only going to be able to claw back maybe a third of it. Able to. if. What they actually do claw back is anybody's right, guess, right? right? Exactly. You know, they in a way, jumping ahead a couple of pages, the FBI raid is going to allow them to do what they really want to do, which is make speeches and hit Twitter about and, oversight and have some oversight hearings and raise money on that, and, and not, then not be not accountable do, to the voters right. for anything that they said they would do if they got not if do, they got the keys to the kingdom. Not do three exactly. one on spending. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So so. That's right. McCarthy should send Merrick Merrick uh, Garfinkel there. He should send him a, a bouquet yeah. of flowers. Yeah. All right. So 
I was gonna save the generic for the end because uh, we were gonna crescendo. We were gonna talk about the, the the narrative with the Trump raid and everything. But let's do the generic. I do have stuff. a shout out. Actually, I did have a shout out. A friend of mine said that um, said that uh, your listener. He said we should be more structured, but not so structured that we lose the spontaneity. I was like. I, I offered to hire him as producer. Right? Well, he, he, he demurred. He demurred. Yeah. Are we are we structured? Can you imagine Charles are we Drag structured? Yeah, sure. That's the no. He's he's probably that we're not structured, structured enough. enough. Okay. Structured enough. Gotcha. I gotcha. Um, Bill, you know who you are, but you know. Hey, look, I'm doing my best here. I'm sorry. I got to show. I got a, a word document here with all the stuff we're supposed to talk I'm, about. I am so. the great disruptor. I understand. All right. Okay. So let's, let's generic bat belly. So, the the real clear policy. I know you don't dig the RCP average, but just for the pers- for perspective, it is dead even, ladies and gentlemen. Well, it's a little forty four point six for the Republicans, forty four point five for the Democrats. In yeah. of the major surveys that they round out, four now have Democrats either plus six to a range of plus six to plus one. One is tied and. The the out the Trafalgar guys, which everyone says are the accurate ones, have the Republicans at plus eight. That's an outlier. The others are plus three, plus one, plus two. So yeah, the right. generic ballot, ba- which we've talked about all every episode, practically dead even still. Here we are in August. Let me let me so. let me let me. Okay, so I was asked to write something about this over the weekend, this coming weekend. So I'm actually starting to do my research on it. So I went back and looked at all the polls I get my hands on. Um, back to the beginning of the year, right? Back to the mm-hmm. first first poll in January, mm-hmm. at the top of the year. Um, so, folks, you get you get a, a, a glimpse into the working mind of a yeah, columnist yeah, for the yeah. Washington Times. Terrifying, isn't it? So, um, I, I did not keep count. I got to go back and, and and count them. I guess is there probably about eighty five or ninety, right? All right, you follow me so far. I'm following. Yeah. There's about eighty five or ninety in in every single one that surveyed likely voters i'd say about half of them right so about 45 of those surveys surveyed likely voters you follow me yes only one of them had the democrats up and that was only by two points uh-huh of the other ones the ones that re- the ones that surveyed surveyed either registered voters or adults it was a mixed bag it was about half and half right they split even between democrats and republicans I didn't quantify it. I was kind of doing the math on the fly. It looked to me like the Republicans probably had a three or three and a half or four point advantage in the um, surveys done of likely voters. Okay, so here's what I'm going to conclude. Here's what I'm going to tentatively conclude. I need to do the math a little bit more. Yeah. I'm tentatively conclude that when you look at the likely voter versus registered voter split, the Republicans probably have a legitimate like two or somewhere between a two and a four point lead. That is not, however, like an eight point. Lead. Right, right. It is a it's two. Not to tsunami four. type stuff. That's right. Yeah. It's a two to four point lead. It suggests. I hate to. I hate to say that I researched and found out that my my research confirmed my bias, but um, we've been saying all along somewhere between twenty and thirty seats, right, Nat? You know, we're going to wind up two twenty five, two thirty five, somewhere in, in that range. That's what the generic ballot's telling us, right? The 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 real generic ballots throw. At this point, this close to election, throw anything that's not likely voters out. It's pointless, right? By now, people have decided whether they're voting or not. In fact, people have either started yeah, to vote. Remember, earlier this is like 
it used to be right like early voting happens now i was gonna say people vote now right we're, we're live Some, so somewhere we're pretty remember. live now you can't just say wait till the fall right yeah, yeah. that's not that doesn't that's work right. anymore that's right so so the good news is there was a there's a flurry of panic among among republican donors and operatives about they're even on the generic ballot i've been trying to get everybody to get nervous about that for like <laughs> six months because um, everyone's looking at the approval number right, right everyone's looking at the approval number like somehow we're voting for joe biden right. we're not voting for joe biden gang anyway that's a it's some of the bears watching when i write it i'll get it to you and then you know, then we'll know. yeah and so this segues to the whole damn strategy uh, uh between now and the election and it clearly ties j6 to trump and it, uh this uh by the way the breaking news that i just saw was that merrick garland admitted that he did the, the first sign the order he signed the order for the fbi raid of a former president of the united states i want to I read merrick i want to read a couple of merrick garland bio, bio pieces by if, all means you want me to do it now? please do yes yeah so I, I, the, the, this, remember just just back up for our listeners for those who aren't, you know, in t- creatures of DC, <laughs> for those you have Merrick Garland was the individual who was pre- former President Obama put up, yeah, okay. for a Supreme Court seat because he was a bipartisan, moderate, yeah, genteel yep. country lawyer, yep, who he had no partisan, but he just wanted to do the right thing, yep, 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 and yep. So I started to wonder who Merrick Garland is. So, of course, I went to Wikipedia. I'm going to read this for you because it it's totally, totally, totally worth reading, right? Um, uh, Merrick, Bryland, Merrick Brian Garland was born in Chicago. He grew up in Lincolnwood. Um, blah, 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 blah. He's, he's first in his class in high school. He's in theater. Member of the debate team. Shocker. Um, class valedictorian. Family name was changed from um, Garfinkel to Garland. Don't really trust anybody who changes their name. Um, Studied at Harvard, and here's where it gets interesting. Garland allied himself with his future boss, Jamie Gorelick, when he was the only freshman member of a campus-wide committee on which Gorelick also served. My guess is is that is the um, Students for Democratic Society would be my guess. Yeah, right. Um, uh, Which, of course, is the the anti-Vietnam vietnam war thing that later became essentially pro-communist operation yeah. during his college summers garland volunteered as a speechwriter to congressman abner j mikva who was a famous um leftist himself yeah. right and and this is of course the chicago crowd right correct correct obama hillary mikva the whole bit at harvard Garland wrote news articles and theater reviews for the Crimson. So he's a Crimson guy, which tells you everything you need to know. He wrote two, a 235-page honors thesis on industrial mergers. He then attended Harvard Law School as an art. And here's where his main chance comes, where he was a member of the Harvard Law Review. He ran for presidency of the Law Review, but lost to, and this is one of those accidents of fate, Susan Estridge. Oh, USC Susan <laughs> Estridge. Susan Estridge. <laughs> he used to be Mike Dugakis's campaign well, manager. I don't know who lost more, her, her or Shrum. Right. Right? Was it her or Bob Shrum? Bob Shrum. USC hired them both. But, <laughs> so he served as an articles editor instead. As such, he assigned himself to edit a submission by William Brennan, who was then the United States Supreme Court Justice, winds up a clerk for Brennan, winds up a clerk for Henry, Henry Friendly in the Second Circuit. Henry was also a notable, um, I don't say communist, but eh. after his clerkships, 
Garland spent two years as a special assistant to United States Attorney General Benjamin Civiletti, who was Jim Car Jimmy Carter's attorney general and was a bad, bad man. So the reason why I read is the reason why I came to this is, and then there's a whole how he, you know, climbed the ladder, assistant United States attorney, all that other stuff is, I wonder where this guy's from. And the answer is he comes from the same rotten tree that President Obama came that's from. That's exactly that whole right. Chicago, that whole Chicago Democratic model. That's exactly right. It it so next time you next modest, time you, genteel. It's just wouldn't hurt a fly. Well, that's moderate, stuff. yeah. Moderate candidate. Yeah, he was reasonable. He, he clerked for Brennan yeah. and Migva and he 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 worked for Ben Civiletti. So was, I played a clip from for during the, the opening. That was from CNN. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that, that wasn't from Fox. The report. The, the analyst who said this is a grave, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. serious yeah. miscalculation if, you know. So so I did a little digging on this. And, you know, the Dem election lawyer who always seems to, to be in the middle of every Mark dirty Elias, Dem ladies and gentlemen. Mark Elias, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Mark Elias tweeted out. I was going to um, guess George Conway, but then I decided again. This is his tweet. The media is missing the really, really big reason why the raid today is a potential blockbuster in American politics and puts a, uh, 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 highlights a section of 18 USC code 2071 that, uh, that whoever having the custody of such records, proceedings, maps, documents, papers, or anything willfully and unlawfully conceals, removes, mutilates, et cetera, et cetera, and so on and so forth, shall forfeit his office and be disqualified from holding any office under the United States. Yeah, that doesn't work for a president. Just that president statutory, um, the only presidential requirements embedded in the Constitution, that's it. Man. That's it, that's period, it. end of story. And oh, by the way, the president of the United States decides which documents are classified and which documents uh, aren't classified. You know, so this is ridiculous. It's a stupid red herring, well, but this isn't why they're doing this. Well, the interesting thing is, did he really call it a raid? he did he's the only because, one because everyone else is because we know it's not a raid unless off, it, totally unless, on message we know it's not a raid unless it's from the raid region of france yeah otherwise it's just a sparkling <laughs> kick your door yeah yeah uh the yeah and i'm not going to play the video montage of the uh, uh the raid uh, thing the raid thing it's hilarious you should put it maybe in the i'll show try notes. to find it put it in the show notes, the show notes producer will you find that for me uh, the media is in lockstep here but but um this is a a uh, video from Marco Rubio, who I think you uh, might have spent some time with very recently. Uh, I saw the senator just this morning. He was in good form. So I want to play this clip. It's a, it's, I, 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 let me play it and you, you all can judge for yourself. You know, an FBI raid looking for supposed classified documents is a ridiculous alibi. Unlike anyone else in the federal government, no president can be guilty of illegally handling classified information because the president has complete and final authority to decide whether something's classified or not. The truth is this raid wasn't about documents. This raid was about trying to disqualify a likely future election opponent, about trying to intimidate Republicans who oppose the left, and about creating a distraction from Biden's failures and the radicalism of the Democratic Party that he leads. By the way, Rubio, you need a you need a better studio. You, 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 you do need a little bit better background. A lot of echo. Real faint. Of course, this is coming from two guys. For <laughs> <laughs> Senator, keep doing what you're doing. Hey, one, one, two things about two things about about Senator Rubio that that have impressed me in the last week or so. First off, um, 
You know, I always thought he was going to be a, a consequential senator with respect to foreign policy. He's a big thinker and he comes from, you know, let's be honest, Miami is the capital of Latin America, right? So he, he has a more international outlook than most most Americans and certainly most American senators. The other thing is, is that um, that's impressed me is he went right to the Daniel Ortega comparison. He says, you know, he says, you let this thing go pretty soon. You wind up being Nicaragua and, you know, with Daniel Ortega. And, and I thought to myself, that's genius. He, he's, he, I can't get, I can't get the thought out of my head that eventually he's going to be president one day. He, he, he's, he's just too good at this stuff, right? He's, he's like Ted Cruz without any of the annoying things. Yeah. I just, I feel like he needs like the last go around. I, said this ad nauseum is that he just thought he could obama his way in right? yeah like, i think that's right young guy charming whatever right like he needs to have something you know like i do appreciate that he's done since then he's done work he's been on the yeah. com committee intelligence committee he's very thoughtful on china yeah he understands this corporatism so the, he, he get, I mean, the, I there's stuff that he he's grown up. Let's put it that. I way. can't think of an issue. He's grown up a little, uh, since since the last go. I, right. I can't think of an so. issue on which there's distance between him and me and probably most people. Yeah. He he would do well. And it's just same true of all of us, right? He'd do well with some gray hair. I mean, <laughs> he can have some of mine. Yeah, you can have some of mine too. <laughs> but you know what I mean. He he. Yeah. I think as he gets older, he's going to become more, not less dangerous. Yeah. And it's funny because we we're just chatting about the picture of this tweet, or because it was a video. Yeah. And he because we used we used to see him as a child. Yeah. Right. And he's starting to get a little more features in his face. He's starting and, to age you know, a little bit. I mean, the, like I said, the conversation we had this morning was. Um, much more contextual and had much more depth than than i've than i've previously experienced yeah that's good right it was good. it was good it was kicking good. the tires on old rubio another floridian well he also what, what impressed me is right we, we had we had um we had refugees right we had cuban diaspora people in the room right and like you do like you do everywhere in florida yeah right? yeah, yeah and the the code switching between spanish and english was essentially seamless oh good for him yeah yeah all right, uh, back on Trump. I got two quick things I want to say. One is, well, first I want to read a tweet from old Andrew Cuomo popped his head up. I know, wasn't that awesome? I, 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 on Twitter, isn't he in jail? I, I, he was in jail. I, I don't know. I thought he was plotting his comeback. Maybe this is his comeback. Yeah, he tweeted the following, and this is shocking to me. And April, if you're listening, this is very semi-pro-Trump. DOJ must immediately explain the reason for its raid. And it must, and he used the word raid. Yeah. And it must be more than a search for inconsequential archives, or it will be viewed as a political tactic and undermine any future credible investigations and legitimacy of J6 investigations. Yeah. Which I, I there's, think... as you and I know, there's always a, like, this is not just him waking up getting, no. there's always some <laughs> subtext here, right? Like, you mean to say that the Cuomo family has <laughs> always got something going on? They're always playing some there's game some, three card There's some, you know, 3D chess happening yeah, with this tweet. Yeah, he's, you know, but it is interesting enough for me to take the time to read it. You so. know, I, I can imagine in, in my darker days, in my darker moments, I could imagine Andrew Cuomo raises his hand and want, and, uh, generates a running campaign for New York governor yeah. just so Kathy Hochul can lose can lose and he doesn't care at least yeah right, right 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 right, right. He doesn't right, care right, he, right. 
he wants vengeance. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's one thing yeah. about the yeah. promos. Uh, right it's there. just interesting because it's definitely swimming against the tide here. And my, my, I have two comments on this. <clears throat> it, my theory is, is that they're deliberately trying to provoke Trump supporters to try to get some kind of a violent type thing to happen yeah. out there in, in real America. Yeah. Because, you know, there's some crazy people out there who might go a little too far sure. in their outrage. Crazy at the at a minimum, it 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 just shines a bright light on the despicable, breathtaking, breathtakingly despicable double standard when it comes to this kind of stuff. I mean, I'm Hillary. Still, I was going to say I'm still waiting. For, Hillary. I'm still waiting for the survey uh, server warrant to retrieve the servers. You know, Hunter. I mean, against, come on. Against the way this is insane. Still waiting this for is that. A former president of the United States. They work these back deals all the time on paperwork. It's 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 the Presidential Records Administrations Act, which it this is I guarantee crazy. You, every president and probably most presidential staff are guilty of like violations of that act. Yeah, what's his name? One of Obama's guys walked out of the archives with classified crap in his socks remember that sandy burger yeah. sandy burger but i have to be honest it it the act is unfollowable it, it it's it's it, it here's it's the narrative yeah no i get it i get it what i'm saying is is that everybody knows the act is unfollowable you're supposed to keep all the notes you made that that affect it and you know turn them in could you imagine it turn them in we all the text yeah all the emails all the notes. Yeah. I'm like, who there's no way in the world you guys could take that much paper out of an administration. Yeah, it's totally insane. It's and completely it's gonna insane. It, it it may not backfire per se, but it, it certainly but it may. It certainly is uh it's big it's big. having the effect of people rallying around Trump again. Yeah, man. It, right? Yeah. It it and I'm sure that it's firing him up like maybe the strategy all along is they want him to run. I'm sure they do. Right. I'm sure a, a reporter asked me that. They said, they said, what do you think? The, what do you think the ultimate purpose of this is? I'm like, I gather the FBI wants Trump to run. I was on a call what with former there... member, some former members and others in, you know, uh, in conservative circles. Yeah. And this the people who are like who had the position that they love Trump, but maybe it's time for him just to sit back and be kingmaker. Yeah, have done a complete 180. Yeah, when I mean, you can't blame them, right? There's a lot a of complete 180. Is it there's a difference between you deciding it's time for your guy to leave and yeah. somebody else deciding it's time yeah. for your guy to leave? Yeah, exactly. It, it's anyway. So that's that. Um, anyway, uh, so that's that's the big news, the big raid. Uh, what do you have on your list? Anything? I've yeah, got, I got two quick hits. In the EV space, we haven't done EVs in a while. I just want to very quick, uh, and then uh, I want to talk about your excellent column, and then I, I've got to close. Okay, so I tell you what, why don't you let me do my two things because they will just take ten seconds. Yep. Um, thing number one: turns out the disclosure there are disclosure provisions inside of Mansion's legislation that requires EPA or allows EPA to um, examine the truthfulness of corporate dis I saw disclosures. That. Yeah. And you know what? I am here for that. I am yep. totally in favor of that. Yep. I am looking forward to yep. these guys having to explain this. I'm totally, yep. Yep. totally. No more greenwashing. You fellas at the chamber, I hope you enjoy this. 
because it's your 23 guys are going to put everybody over the top when they're busy barbecuing your members on this good luck yeah. mary barra enjoy it because they're coming after gm as soon as like oh boy as soon as they give you the money they're going to come right after yeah that's thing one enjoy i'm going to go work for bernie sanders for president the other thing is is that uh New York Times reporter interviewed Jason Bordoff about the disaster that's coming our way in Europe this winter. Oh, boy. They had a lengthy conversation about Jason, Russian Good gas. old Jason Bordoff. They had a lengthy conversation about Russian hey, gas. Jason, hey, Jason. Come on the show anytime. You're invited. Russian gas, Russian gas, Russian gas. And literally, they got through 2,500 words, and nobody managed to ask, well... I thought we were doing a transition. Why don't we just install more wind and solar or geothermal or heat pumps or other things like that? Why is a guy like Jason Bordoff and a guy like the New York Times, David Wallace, right? Wallace Wells, you know, one of the climate be one of the 400 climate beat guys from New York Times. You guys are all into this transition. Why are you spending all your time speaking as if Russian gas is the only possible solution to keep yeah. Europe from disaster? Are there other possible answers? Are there not wind and solar? Could we not dig for natural gas, et cetera, et cetera? It is, it is, it was a, it was an unusual acceptance of the status quo from people who pretend to be disruptors. Sorry. Yeah, they're only disruptive. I'm hearing that there, there's a potential for $500 on MBTU of natural gas in, in Europe, Europe this winter. Yeah, that's it's possible. That's it's, that's it's the possible. kind of and you know what's going to happen, right? The governments are going to have to subsidize that, right? Yeah, I mean they're And then what's going to happen after that? We're going to get back into some like a Greece situation. Yeah, I mean we're already These got, governments are going to go bankrupt well, trying already, to bail themselves out of their bullshit their we, bull. We've already had we've already had a Euro, a utility Uniper. We're had a utility get get bailed out by the Russian by the German government, right? They're going to be they're just the front edge. Yeah, we're we're it's a disaster. And what bothered me about the interview was there was no discussion about root causes and root assumptions. Of course, and, you know, no, and, because it's you know you guys they just wanted to talk about Putin and the war and Russian gas. No, no conversation about how, guys, this transition is at least in the moment completely fictive. It it doesn't exist. It hasn't happened, and it shows no sign of happening. Sorry. That's okay. Here ends my public service announcement for the day. Go ahead. What All right. Two quick hits in the Wall Street Journal. One in the opinion section, August 9th, uh, Alicia Finley, who's doing great work over there, yeah. including question, questioning whether Richard Glick was truthful in his Senate hearing. Whatever do you mean? <laughs> Whatever do you mean, Ms. Finley? Government Motors. GM is government motors again. Electric car subsidies put CEO Mary Barra at odds with a business group that she also heads. Uh, I won't get uh, too into the weeds on this, except to say that Mary Barra, the CEO of General Motors, was cheerleading, leading a rally at the White House in favor of the Deficit Reduction Act. Inflation reduction. Inflate, yeah, sorry, inflation reduction. Which lie? The inflation reduction fable you're being conjunction told. junction. What's your function? So the article goes on to just describe just how awful GM has become. Like they've they basically just validates or, or or ratifies everything that we've been saying about them. So I want to bring that up, put in the show notes. Sorry, I know that's a personally painful thing. And then number two, what's the second one? Ford F one fifty gets a price hike. <laughs> This is also the Wall Street Journal 
Ford's new F-150 Lightning truck to get price hike. Car company is raising its prices 7 to 18% on all new electric pickup, citing what? Higher material costs and other factors. What's yeah. the other factor, I wonder? Hmm. Well, see, not quite enough subsidy. Yeah, it's see. Here's the thing, right? That the, these trucks are now. So now the cheapest version of the truck will be forty six thousand nine hundred and seventy four, which is about seven thousand higher. Yeah, see, than but, the original sub four hundred forty thousand dollar price tag. Yeah, but see, the reality of it is, you're not going to be able to touch one of those trucks for less than eighty grand. Of course, I, it. it it's, Nobody buys the, the the base model anymore on, on anything. Of course not. But the but the worst thing is I think you, now the rental even if you the, can find it the the loan the average loan on these things is creeping up on eight hundred bucks a month. Yeah, so you're gonna have lots more repossessions. Yeah. Let me read you one thing out of that. I, I read this story. I want to read one sentence. No, you're right on it. Don't move. Um, that that I personally am interested in. Right, Ford Chief Financial Officer John Lawler earlier said earlier this year that rising commodity costs. Had wiped out, have wiped out profits on another EV model that was sold by Ford. The, the, the Ford, quote unquote. The, yeah, thank you. I, <laughs> I, I can't even read that. The Mustang Mach E. Um, Ford also increased prices on the Mach E SUV in the first quarter. Okay, two things about that. One, good. That's the universe talking to you, Ford. You shouldn't have been fooling around the Mustang nameplate. That 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 abomination. It shouldn't make you any money. And two, I feel very bad for all the people who are making it, but. But but um, it this transition is not going well anywhere. No, and I no. don't know why. I didn't know why Dave Wallace and Jason Bordoff didn't talk about that. I wonder about people sometimes. Well, here's the deal. Tell me what's the deal. Here's the deal. What's the deal? Here's the deal. <laughs> no joke. No joke. They're they're not Kentuckians. They're it, Americans. It, 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 we can't we can't control the weather. We well <laughs> we can we can't control yeah. <laughs> We said it all along. The car is never going to get cheaper. Yeah, man. It, it doesn't matter how much the government tries to yeah, force man. it. Yeah. It's never going to get cheaper. And you know what? That may be a feature, not a Because bug. it doesn't deliver anything to the customer yeah. above what they already get. Yeah. They don't want. Nobody wants it. That's right. It's like. That's the end of my, that's it, the end of my riff on that. I think Washington it's a, it's a Times. One. Washington Times. Michael McKenna. Michael McKenna, I wrote an article. And thank you again, Washington Times, for a co-sponsoring the Unregulated Podcast. Did I get my shirt tent right that time? August 10th on Wednesday. Finally, you, you put down in words what we've been saying here <laughs> on this podcast. Congress is broken. It can be fixed. The routine avoidance of regular order and process is a cancer on the legislative branch it's 10 seconds mike uh without regular order um, legislation is less durable more transitory um, creates more friction more partisanship and less good outcomes um and i got my i got my shirt and most importantly <laughs> i got the shirt tab right although it's i got my shirt tab right um and, and 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 the um this reconciliation thing is a perfect example right absolutely you know the republicans are going to up back last thought on this really important way really important thing is is that the only people who are going to be able to fix this are members of congress republicans and democrats need to get together and say that they will not vote for anything that has not gone through regular order amen 
Amen, I say to you, amen. It's the only thing that will save the place from all It has to be a joint deal. Yes, it has to be. All the, everybody. the speaker, the majority leader, the minority leader. It, it, so at some point, they have to save this institution. That's right. From within. It's the and, only way and it will not, be saved. You know the funny thing? Is, it's not going to be leadership because leadership looks, leadership's perfectly comfortable. Yes, of course. Gonna, it's going to have to be guys like Chip Roy and McClinton. But it has to be guys who run on that and say, elect me as speaker. This is my platform. Uh, I, it can come from anywhere, but it has to. It has to happen. If it doesn't happen, hey, solutions caucus. This is this is a perfect cause. Yeah, Josh Gottheimer, right? Who, by the way, the chamber endorsed already. For oh, good. Oh, yeah. good. Because he's going to vote against them tomorrow. Right. I, yeah. I, they're, they're, <laughs> I, all right. Let's hold on that. We're running long. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> Sorry. We're going to close out. Yeah. Episode number ninety six. We should do something for episode 100. We're going to do we're going to have a party. We're going to invite everybody. We're going to close out episode number 96 with comments from former Tre President Trump in response to the raid at Mar-a-Lago. Well, the FBI raided my beautiful house in Mar-a-Lago. You know about it. You heard about it and it's a disgrace. And they even went inside my safe and uh, there was nothing in there. It was empty. It looked like a cat scan of Sleepy Joe's brain. It was empty. <laughs> nothing there except a big, beautiful note. Let's go, Brandon. And you see what it says. We're coming back better and stronger than ever. You know, the FBI never touched crooked Hillary's ass. 33,000 emails. Where the hell did they go? Nobody does. They never touched Eric Swalwell, I call him his flatulence, Fartin Eric Swalwell, he slept with Fang Fang, and they're not interested in Hunter Biden, the laptop from hell, Hunter Biden, where he did crack and uh, nasty things with hookers when you talk about it, but they didn't want to talk about that. The FBI is a corrupt, disgusting joke, and we're going to put a stop to all of it, believe me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is from Captain Deplorable on Twitter. Uh, he just don't. I don't think it's. I don't think there's a better. He does a slightly better impression of Trump than you do. Slightly better. I'm, I'm getting better. It's close. Not quite as good as he's, Captain Deplorable. He's probably working at it more than you are. <laughs> That's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. Until next week, Mike and Tom signing off. Yeah.